Z1077 welcomes you to Up Close, a weekly public affairs program presented by Z1077 News. You're invited to call in with your questions and comments. Our call-in number is 366-8471. Now, your host for Up Close, Gary Danielle. Well, thank you, mystery announcer, wherever you are. And welcome to the Z1077 Up Close Show on this Friday, March 11th, 2022. Sort of spring, but not quite. The desert does. Hey, it's spring. No, it's not. Hey, it's spring. No, it's not. But I think starting Monday, it's going to be kind of springish, so that's a good thing. Our guest in studio this morning is the mayor of the town of Yucca Valley, Jim Schooler, and the town manager for the town of Yucca Valley, Curtis Yakima. And uh, Jim and Curtis, welcome to the Z1077 Up Close Show. Delighted to have both of you in. Jim? Good morning, Gary. Thanks for having us here. Okay, hang on. For some reason, I'm not getting you here. So, hang on a second. Uh, let me go, see if I can get an engineer in here. We'll figure out. Curtis, uh, are you working? I... No, you're not working either. Okay. Not quite sure what that is. Uh, try that. Here we go. Okay. What? You get nothing on? Not, yeah, I got nothing. There we go. There we go. Jim, welcome. Well, thank you. There we go. All right. <laughs> Thanks thank, for having us here. Right. And Curtis, welcome to you. Thank you. Good to be here. Gary. And engineer, thank you so much for rushing in and taking care of us. I appreciate that. This stuff just keeps getting more and more complicated, doesn't it? So, uh, Jim Schooler, uh, welcome. And Jim uh, and I go really, really way, way back. I like. 40 years or so? I think so. I remember playing softball against yeah. you at Lucky Park yeah. in softball tournaments way back when. Yeah, I played, when we both I, first came into town. I played men's league softball for 25 years and, and thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, and now you're the mayor of the town of Yucca Valley. That's delightful. So. Right. That really was on my radar to become mayor of Yucca Valley, but uh, things work <laughs> out that way. Well, let's talk about a little bit about Jim Schooler so people get to know you. And uh, Curtis Yakima is here, the town manager. And Curtis, we'll, we'll have you uh, fill in some of the blanks later on. So. I'm just here to bring the mayor coffee. Yeah, okay. He's, he's here for moral, moral support. <laughs> right. so. Uh, so, so, Jim, tell us about yourself. Where are you from? Where did you grow up? Where were you born? Well, I'm a Southern California native. Ah, Cali boy. Born in Santa Monica. Okay. Uh, raised in West Los Angeles and the San Fernando Valley and Santa Monica areas. Uh, moved to the desert following, uh, well, I graduated from uh, California State University, Northridge, and moved to the desert. I was looking for a small town. I wasn't real sure what that small town would look like, and I wasn't uh, real sure that Yucca Valley was going to be uh, where I would want to spend my time, but uh, it grows on you in a real hurry. We love the desert, raised our kids here, and... Um, <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so it turned out to be a, a good place, and uh, I did. Uh, well, I came here for a job. Actually, I came here to be supervisor of the Yucca Valley Parks and Recreation District way back when. And uh, although that was <clears throat> not a very high-paying job at the time, no, that was that was for the county, right? That was for the county yeah. when it was a park yeah. district. I want to go back a little. I want to loop back a little bit. Tell us about your family, brothers, sisters. Oh, I'm I'm one of five. Okay, uh, so uh, and we are scattered throughout the state. We're all still in the state of California, uh, but I'm the second of five, and um, I have three sisters, one brother. I have a wife, Dawn, uh, who teaches at Morongo Unified School District. We have uh, five kids and seven grandchildren. Which yeah, congratulations. Thank uh, you. I'm when, sorry. Uh, as we get on in our years, it's all about the grandkids. It's all about the grandkids. Yeah, well, I was, so, I want, so I want to get a little a background so people know who their mayor is a little bit. Sure, so. sure. 
So you moved here way back when, uh, out of college, and started working for the County of San Bernardino as the Yucca Valley Recreation Supervisor. And uh, at that time, as you said, there wasn't much going on. Well, there were about 6,000 people uh, in town. There was one traffic light. Uh, it was uh, it was stark. I could drive up and down the highway and point to what used to be and what's there now, uh, and that's kind of fun to do with some of the other uh, people that have been here for a while. Uh, but um, yeah, we've we've seen a lot of growth here. Uh, continue to see growth and and uh, manage the growth. When I uh, wor- when I left the t- the county employee, I went into some private ventures and was working on a master's degree, and. Um, as you know, I was in radio uh, for for a short time, uh, and uh, for a very very short time, uh, thirty three years ago, Jim was actually employed here, uh, representing us as a, as a national rep. So right, yeah, right. So yeah, bounced around radio yeah. for a while, uh-huh. uh, and and when the town incorporated, uh, they were looking for someone to head up the parks, recreation, and community services department, and I applied for that. And, and was fortunate enough to get that. So you uh, ran the Yucca Valley Recreation for the county, and then later on uh, ran Yucca Valley Recreation along with other community services for the town. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And being a new, newly incorporated town, uh, there were a lot of hats that we had to wear as department heads. So I did everything from, from parks and recreation, the museum, the senior center, public facilities. At one time, I did roads, road maintenance. Uh, and Jim did that himself, by the way. He was out there with a shovel, taking care of potholes. He swept the parking lots at, at the man, town hall. Some of that, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we had a good crew. But sometimes you do wind up rolling up your sleeves. Yeah. And uh, you had a long career with the city. Uh, 21 years, I believe? 21 years. Yeah. Uh, retired after 21 years on in that job, and after that went to work for uh, part time for Senator Gene Fuller, state senator, and uh, and that's probably where I got an appetite for maybe running for office. I really wasn't like I say it wasn't on my radar to run for public office, but um, there were some exciting projects in the works that I I became connected with through my work with Senator Fuller, and it seemed like a good fit. I. I Pulled the council members uh, during the 2000 before the 2018 election, and discovered there was going to be an opening. So I decided I would throw my hat in the in the ring for that. So most would be interesting. Uh, uh, most people who run for town council get on the council and sort of have to get the wheels up to speed. But you ran the community services district for 21 years, and so your wheels were already half up to speed uh, when you took office. I felt like I had a pretty good lay of the land and a, a pretty good background to, uh, to slide right in and, and make it as seamless as possible. I think anytime you uh, get new council members, you're going to have a bit of a, a, an adjustment period and a learning curve. And hopefully that wasn't too dramatic in my case because I, I had worked with all of the uh, – well, all of the previous uh, town managers and staff and, and the other council members. So, If you're just joining us, our guest in studio today is Jim Schooler, the mayor of the town of Yucca Valley, and town manager Curtis Yakima is here. And we're talking about the town of Yucca Valley and getting to introduce everybody to our mayor, uh, Jim Schooler. If you have a question, you want to call, our producer is Claire Grow, and our phone number for you to call is 760-366-8471 for the Z1077 Up Close Show. Again, that's 760-366-8471 if you have a question about the town of Yucca Valley. Jim, you have a, a really unique 
uh, outlook on the town, having been there from literally the beginning. Uh, what is the biggest change you've seen? I think uh, recently what we've seen is a, a real shift in the economic uh, picture. Uh, we were always an underserved, underprivileged community, as it were, for, for a really long time. We struggled with uh, looking for our economic development engine. And I remember, and you probably do too, going to a lot of meetings in this community uh, throughout the basin, uh, looking for uh, the economic drivers. You know, we don't have a freeway, we don't have a rail, we don't have a commercial airport. So, so a lot of the manufacturing kinds of uh, businesses were out of the picture. So it always seemed to come down to tourism. And, and now we're looking at that ship having come in uh, in the last few years. In spades. In spades. Yeah. So, yeah. so I would say that's the biggest change that I've seen. It's, it's we are no longer that um, uh, impoverished, not even impoverished, I guess, uh, underprivileged, underserved community. But we're kind of growing into, into being uh, right up there with the rest of Southern California and the rest of the country in terms of our, our economic driver. We've identified it. Now we have to deal with the growth and deal with uh, the implications of that growth. And that the driver, of course, is Jocetry National Park. So. It certainly is. Yeah. And it was uh, a, a benefit, actually, during the COVID uh, lockdowns where a lot of people came out and really enhanced that uh, that picture so we we got a lot of people discovering and still discovering a joshua tree wherever you go you seem to run into people that uh visiting joshua tree is on their bucket list and it's it's everywhere i i live in 29 palms and and hang out there more and uh, it's it's the same thing happening there and of course they've got their big uh, decades-long project actually opening uh, tomorrow uh, the the freedom plaza in downtown 29 pounds so that's interesting watching that change i i remember years ago jim when when uh, you and i first met yucca valley was kind of the bump in the road and 29 palms was the big city and yucca valley was just something you drove through on your way to 29 palms but, but boy has that changed that yucca valley has become the the financial the economic center of of the morongo basin yeah, I think it helped us to be on the way, you know, on the way to the base, on the way to 29 Palms, plus the intersection of State Route 62 and State Route 247. It just seemed to help us to be on the way. So it gave us an opportunity to be the hub, uh, if you will. Uh, it seemed like people who came to town, businesses came to town and didn't want to go much further than that. Right. Well, and then as, as the more sophisticated retailers started coming in, they realized that people will drive from 29 Palms to Yucca Valley. So that became where they, they put the big retail centers. And, and that makes sense. It's, it's central, actually Desert Hot Springs, 29 Palms, Joshua Tree, all going to Yucca Valley as a financial center. Uh, and and they, they expanded upon that. Uh, the uh, 29 Palms area has got some more stuff coming in but again that's that's another another town and another time we'll talk about yucca valley right now uh you say that uh yucca valley has kind of settled out we've figured out what our economic driver is what are you doing to sustain and manage that tourism surge well probably there's a couple of couple of big issues uh, one being traffic circulation which i'll get to in a second but uh i think the uh influx of uh Short-term vacation rentals, we've recently uh, redone our ordinance, uh, added to it, uh, stiffened it up a little bit to make it a little more uh, applicable to the market, and uh, worked, uh, work, upgraded our enforcement of our existing uh, rules 
not that not that there's a plethora of bad actors, but there are some. And so we were hearing from from our community that. Uh, those bad actors were were negatively impacting our neighbors, and we want wanted to make sure that we don't put the burden on the on the residents of all these uh, visitors to our community. Well, between the the uh, brain trust of Curtis Yakima and Jim Schooler, uh, what are the current highlights of the rules on on vacation rentals in the town of Yucca Valley? I'm not quite sure which one of you want to answer that, Curtis. Well. Yeah, Curtis. Yeah, so we I know you just, you just finalized them. What are, what, are, what are the bullet points? Yeah, we did. Uh, we finalized the changes this year that were originally established in 2000 and at the end of 2017 going into 2018. And it's been an amazing um, journey to watch how short-term vacation rentals has uh, really transformed not only Yucca Valley but the entire basin. Uh, and as you indicated, Gary, it's really – neat to see that our basin, one of the beauty, uh, beautiful aspects of living in this basin is that it doesn't matter whether you're 29 Palms, unincorporated county, town of Yucca Valley, we band together as a basin for the best uh, experience for not only our residents, but our visitors as well. For the town of Yucca Valley, we um, introduced our ordinance, like I said, in uh, late 2017. And that program ran relatively uh, smoothly, had very, very few complaints until about 2020. And as part of the pandemic shift, it was amazing to see how many people came out here. Uh, Every weekend, the rentals started to increase and it was an amazing transformation to watch how urban people came out to the desert to uh, get away from the urban centers and also to experience the beauty that we had. And so anytime you have an increase in utilization, you're going to have an increase in some of the ancillary problems that may come with it. So we started hearing the typical um, conversations about well, noise or traffic or parking. Um, most of those types of complaints uh, we felt are relatively straightforward to address. And we did that through increased um, compliance fines in our new ordinance. Uh, We're going to address the bad actors, the ones that are not responsible. Uh, We'll be required to both address the issue, pay the fines, and if they can't uh, run their program as they should, uh, they'll have their permit revoked. So we've done that. Uh, We've also looked at one of the complaints of noise might be related to party houses. So we reduced the capacity that folks can have for overnight guests. I think we were at 12 or 14, depending on the size of the home. Now that is limited to eight, unless there's uh, uh, extenuating circumstances. Uh, And then there's a couple other minor changes. Uh, Probably the the most significant policy change the council established was an overall cap. So right now we have roughly around uh, 5% of our housing stock that is being used as short-term vacation rental council felt that that should never go beyond 10 percent and so that cap has been established and uh, we're uh, we know that one of the things that is always constant is change and uh, one of the other changes the council established in this latest regulation update was an ability to quickly change 
the ordinance if it becomes necessary. And so we know that down the road, additional changes will likely be necessary, and they can address those as they come up. And that pressure isn't just Yucca Valley and Torning Palms and Joshua Tree. It's countywide. It's uh, because of people uh, fleeing their homes in the city. They, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they didn't have to go into work, so they were finding small places out here to uh, live and work. And I know that had a, a tremendous effect on some of the rural areas, Landers, Flamingo Heights, Wonder Valley. I actually saw a huge uptick in, in property prices and values and people moving out there. So it's, it's something that happened to the entire county of San Bernardino. Yeah, for sure. And as you and the mayor have talked about, it's it's really neat to see. I mean, for many years, we talked about how do we get Yucca Valley on the map uh, to be a destination in addition to Joshua Tree National Park. Right. And um, who knew that the pandemic would jumpstart that activity and it is, uh, has taken off and it's amazing to see. In fact, we just saw an article, I think in the, this weekend's LA Times, uh, 27 places in the Morongo Basin to shop. And they go from Yucca Valley to Joshua Tree to 29 Palms, highlighting the eclectic, unique t- uh, shopping type experiences that uh, folks come out to enjoy now. And I have to give a pat on the back to the Yucca Valley Chamber of Commerce. Wanda and her team over there have really done a good job uh, shepherding the business community through this sudden change and sudden influx and helping them focus on what tourist services are and should be done. And they've, they've done a good job. So we're going to give them a little pat on the back. Not only that, the Desert Regional Tourism Agency has reached out to the, ho- the owners of the operators of vacation rentals, and they've provided a pretty comprehensive binder of things to do, nice. rules to follow, how to be a good neighbor, how to be a good operator. So it's a, a really nice booklet that they make available, too. So now when someone is, is coming to an Airbnb in the Yucca Valley area, there's a little booklet in there telling uh, places to go, things to do, people to see. That's nice. It's mm-hmm. nice to do that. We're going to take a quick little break. We'll be back with more with Jim Schooler and Curtis Yakima, the mayor and uh, manager, respectively, of the town of Yucca Valley. We'll be back with more of the Up Close Show right after these brief messages. And we are back with the Z1077 Up Close Show. I'm Gary Dino, your host. Our producer is Claire Groh, and our phone number for you to call is 760-366-8471. Our guest in studio today is Jim Schooler, the mayor of the town of Yucca Valley, and town manager Curtis Yakima. And we uh, got to meet Jim Schooler a little bit better. I found out a little bit about where, where he's from and what he's about. And uh, Curtis has joined us with some more technical stuff. Now, uh, uh, uh you mentioned one of the challenges was traffic, and, and, and you brought it up. But it is probably the biggest, um, I, I'd say, what we call the, um, the, the coffee bar conversation is always about traffic in the town of Yucca Valley. And uh, how do you tell people you are facing that? And that is a challenge which is brought on by the tremendous growth and the visitorship. I mean, of interest, and Curtis, of course, knows this, but when they did the initial environmental study for the casino in 29 Palms, they identified the uh, the traffic point the most affected by that was the intersection of 247 and Highway 62. So the casino's biggest effect on traffic was in the town of Yucca Valley. So you and the increased traffic to the Marine Base has has really uh, has really increased it. So when people People say to you, what are you doing about managing traffic in the town of Yucca Valley? Uh, how do you answer that? Well, I think, uh, you know, there's a couple of different ways that you can look at it. I think we look at it uh, both in 
the near term, the intermediate term, and then obviously the long term. Um, uh, one of the great projects that we have going on right now is the Highway 62 rehabilitation project that is under the control and uh, delivery of Caltrans, which is a uh, mill and overlay of a good portion of Highway 62 all the way from Indian Canyon uh, out to east of 29 Palms. So they started that project in the fall of last year, had to stop for weather-related uh, causes, and then as the weather warms up, they'll be able to start that again. So we're almost done with that project in the town of Yucca Valley. One of the real frustrations, incidentally, we had with that was uh, as part of that project, they did cross crosswalk and uh, pedestrian crossing changes that affected the signal timing. And so they put all of the signals on manual cycle, including pedestrian, and so you had so many times. And you probably hear about that every yeah, day. Every day, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but rightfully so. I mean, the, the residences are coming through or having to tra- uh, uh, go back and forth to work. We understand that. And so we've tried to uh, ensure that our lines of communication are open with Caltrans, highlight the need for them to be, uh, be as speedy as possible in making those changes. And fortunately, most of those are done now. Traffic's moving much better. We're hopeful that as they continue and finish up the project this spring, that uh, that won't become an issue again. Um, but so in the immediate term, uh, that is something that was well needed. Uh, the road is alligatored in many places and is in, in desperate need of repair. Uh, longer term, though, you're absolutely right. Our primary focus right now for expansion or in uh, cap- capacity enhancements on highway 62 is really that intersection from Sage to Airway, which includes the turning movements at the intersection of 62 and 247. Uh, That is in our current 10-year delivery program with SBCTA, who is the Regional Transportation Planning Agency, uh, and that funding is being lined up to be able to move in that direction to expand three lanes in each direction plus turning movements um, north and south from 247 east and west on to 62. So uh, it is something that will be challenging for us. Uh, You know, one of the interesting things we were just talking about the other day was um, even though when the mayor came many, many years ago and you had 6,000 people here, we kind of went through that growth spurt and then we hit about 20,000, 20, 21,000. And our population within the Yucca Valley for residents really hasn't changed that much in the last 10 years. Our growth rate has been less than probably 1% on average, but yet the volume of traffic on Highway 62 has increased exponentially. Exponentially, yes. Absolutely. (laughs) And so that's one of our challenges that we try and communicate uh, with our regional transportation partners and even now at the state level as their focus for transportation in the state of California has changed from capacity expansion to other modes of transportation. But that may not work for areas that aren't quite built out yet, like your more rural areas like the Morongo Basin. And it doesn't matter whether you're driving a gas-powered vehicle or an electric Tesla up and down the highway, you have to have capacity expansion. And so those are some of the challenges of working with uh, with our state partners to try and address those issues. Over the years, the, the town has made some 
good decisions were, at the time were controversial. First was medians. I remember the uh, a volume of traffic accidents from people turning left on on off the highway, and of course the hue and cry when the medians first went in. But now, guess what? Your highway's safe. We're not having constant accidents, and uh, people don't realize that's a huge volume of traffic accidents. It wasn't necessarily injuries, but fender benders all the time from turning left onto a state highway. So they, they, they recognize that, dealt with it. And then the traffic lights. We make fun of you here for about the traffic lights. But, we, but it's, it's safe. It makes it safe to drive through town. Yeah, you get to spend a, maybe an extra four or five minutes getting through town, uh, depending on, on the volume. Uh, but it is safer. We're not seeing people being killed on the highway, not seeing people being maimed and injured. So it's, it was sort of a bit of a trade-off, Curtis. Yeah, and then I think, you know, for some of our uh, local residents, uh, we've done some other intermediate improvements like the expansion on Yucca Trail that serves as an alternate to Highway 62. We have some additional sidewalk safety projects that we're going to be moving forward on Onaga Trail. Uh, and those ancillary... Um, yeah, Onaga, Yucca Trail, and... Uh, Little League Drive. Sun, sunny Slope yep. and, and Little League Drive, yeah, have all have taken some of that pressure off the highway. For sure. Yeah, and uh, the uh, and the locals are figuring that out pretty quickly. So, uh, Jim... You know, whenever we go into public office, we always have something we'd like to accomplish, something you'd, you'd like to you'd like to fix, or something you'd like to deal with. Do you have something that you've determined as a priority that you, as the mayor, uh, would like to uh, spend a little extra attention uh, doing? Oh, yeah, this a is going to be fun to listen to <laughs> because I know a whole bunch that he has. So now I get to hear what he says is number yeah, one. Yeah. I say for the record. So, no. so, so let your town manager know what you'd like to get done this year, Jim. A couple of things. I uh, actually one of the one of the projects that were that was got my attention and made me really want to be part of was the uh, the Prop sixty eight Aquatics and uh, Recreation Center that the town of Yucca Valley is in the process of designing right now. Uh, that was made possible through uh, <clears throat> grant money that, that Chad Mays, Assemblyman Chad Mays, uh, arranged for the town of Yucca Valley, and we're grateful for that. But that jump-started us into a, a new mode of being able to, for the first time since I've been in this community, have our own pool, uh, really. Right now we, we lease the pool or borrow the pool from Yucca Valley High School for about eight weeks every summer, and that's yeah. the extent of our Learn to Swim program. And a little background, the uh, pool was built in the 60s with a 20-year life. 1964, <laughs> okay. exactly right. So that, yeah. that, that pool has been there for a while. So. It's been there a while, yeah. and the shared use, it makes it difficult for everybody to get what they want out of that, the high school team, the high desert aquatics uh, swim team, and the town of Yucca Valley. So we've all got to juggle our priorities uh, to use that. So the new pool, indoor uh, natatorium, it's called, uh, along with the gymnasium. What's it, what's it called? Natatorium. Natatorium. Okay. Yes. That's a new word. It's the indoor pool, yes. Okay. And and the gymnasium, which would be the first time the town gets its own gymnasium. So those projects, being an old park and rec guy uh, that I am, I got excited about that and want to uh, continue to usher that through. And, and I, I just... That gets me going. What is the scope of that project as it sits now? I know you've pretty much got all the design work done and the siting done. And wh where exactly is it going to be, and what are we going to see there? The project's going to be at the uh, right next to the Brem Park soccer fields uh, by the Miracle League Park there. Mm -hmm. It'll be behind that. And uh, the scope of it is essentially a gymnasium. 
single court gymnasium and the natatorium and uh, locker rooms and offices and supporting uh, uh, facilities for that. So that's it's amazing how how far you know twenty million dollars doesn't go anymore. Yeah, you know. But back in the day, we could have probably built a lot more, and and the project will probably exceed. The now, is it a, is it what they call an Olympic sized pool? Is it is it a competitive sized pool, or is it more recreational? It's going to be both. I believe we've got six lanes uh, in the okay. in the process yeah. for right. for competitive swimming as well, and instruction and and recreational swim as well. So it it's designed to, as far as we can do this, be all things all people, you know. But but we will have a year round uh, potential for for aquatics. Is Yucca Valley High School going to continue to keep their pool, or that program shift over to the town facility? I think that's still being discussed. I'm not sure that we have an answer on that. Yeah. Do you have that? Chris? Well, I think the short answer is uh, what you said earlier. It's a pool built in 1964, so <laughs> how long you want to continue to use that? But we've had some dialogue with the school district to let them know what our intent is. And I think for uh, the vast majority of purposes, it's going to be a terrific facility for all users. Okay, great. Uh, we have a, a caller who is calling uh, with questions. And Mar- Maria, if you're listening on hold, this is the town of Yucca Valley. They don't control Yucca Mesa. Right? Where, yeah, where's the border go for Yucca Mesa? Buena Vista? Generally Buena Vista to okay. the north. Now, well, we'll, we'll take the call and see, see yeah. what she has to say. So, uh, And... Marie, you're on a radio. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, I got a brand new phone system. Uh, I I know you couldn't hear, but uh, the you know the, the Curtis and Jim are from the town of Yucca Valley, and the Yucca Mesa is not in the town. So well, okay. I'm not talking about Yucca Mesa. I'm talking about the road right there by Paradise by Board. I'm okay. Not sure that's well, Marie, you're on the air. Go ahead and ask your question of Jim and Curtis. I'm just wondering how come they haven't addressed that issue with it flooding right there. They block it off whenever it floods. There, a couple of years ago, somebody was killed, and uh, and it's a you know a well. Trans people people drive that every day a lot, and it's getting busier and busier. And I just don't understand why they can't do something about that. So I'm happy to take that question, Maria. Um, I'm not certain exactly what location you're referring to, but generally speaking, uh, we live in a desert uh, area, and many of our roadways go through washes. So we've identified uh, what we call our master plan of drainage that highlights specific areas that need to be addressed. Uh, As you can imagine, anytime you're doing all-weather wash crossings or bridges or overpasses, they become extraordinarily expensive that are well beyond the means of the town. So the best uh, approach that we can do is ensure that uh, when we do have weather events or flood events that people know what alternatives are out there, where those all-weather wash crossings are at so they can use those to circulate around town and to make sure that when it rains that they uh, turn around and don't drown. Okay, Marie? Okay, I guess. The only other way there is is going up. You have to go through that wash no matter what, you know, even when you're going up 247. It's either that way or Yucca Mesa Road. Yes. yeah, and, uh, yeah, if so. you're going up 247, I think the all-weather wa- uh, uh, crossing would be at Sage to up to Sunny Slope, and then from Sunny Slope you can turn north and go uh, outside of the wash boundary. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah. I was just referring to the other end of town right there where they put the new septic or something in the pump station or whatever that is. <laughs> you're not quite sure. Okay. Still not quite sure what you're referring to, Marie. It, it's it's at the end. It's like La Cantina, and and the I think it's called the twenty nine. The same wash that goes across two forty seven, and it goes all the way down towards Joshua Tree and into twenty nine. It's a major big, and it's a, it's a big wash. And yeah. every, I've been here 16 years, and they block it off every time. Yeah, and the I, only I, way to get I, up to I, the, I know what you're referring to, and yeah, it's, it's a wash, uh, and, the, and they block it off when it floods, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, and somebody got killed in it, like a yeah. car washed away a couple of years ago. It's yeah. been an issue for as long as I've been up here. Yeah, and, and, and I just haven't understood why they haven't made an effort to try to do something about that because that's a, you know that's like a 247 and a lot of people use that road. Absolutely, that, I think you're probably to referring to Yucca Mesa. Yes, Yucca Mesa. Uh, up toward, up toward yes. Buena yes. Vista. Yes. So yes. Uh, again, we would uh, let you know that we do have our master plan of drainage that may be one of our facilities on there. Uh, I but a wash, so. cro- I mean, a wash course, crossing or a bridge would be very, Part of the problem with that is uh, the east side of the road is county the west side of the road is town of yucca valley sure and, and the <laughs> challenge is the same yeah, yeah it's, it's literally oh, it's literally yes. on the border of the county the and the town yes yeah yes that is yes but thank okay. you for the call and we'll add that to our list of things to take a look at. all right thanks marie okay well thank you all right bye-bye yeah thank i guess uh, in the in the desert the, the washes are a constant challenge i know we still have a state highway at church which is designed for water to run over mm-hmm. when there's uh, when there's rainfall. Um, I always have a, a laugh is every time there's rain, even if it's a, a hundredth of an inch, we get the low desert television station taking the picture of the water on Church Street, saying the highway is flooded, <laughs> and people are dr- driving by in the two inches of water, kind of waving at the cameraman. So I I always get a chuckle on that. But uh, uh, drainage is is a sure. concern, yeah. and you say you do have a, a long range plan for that. We do. Yeah, it's our called our master plan of drainage. Uh, what doesn't come with the master plan of drainage is a master plan of money, right? And so those are the challenges that you have as a community of trying to identify where you, where those resources come from and then how they're allocated. And what Marie mentioned, which is a, an area of concern, Maria, not to uh, not to downplay your concern, it is an area of concern. L- literally, the only way to fix that would be a bridge, and bridges are multi-million dollar uh, Project. Yeah, absolutely. Or there may be other solutions, but uh, all of them are going to be costly yeah. for sure. Uh, right now, the uh, easiest way to deal with that is if, if there's a gate across the road, don't go past it. Like, like turn around, don't drown. Yes, you may have to go around it and go the other way, but at least you and your family are safe. Uh, probably the most high-profile challenge for the town of Yucca Valley has been an effort by the state of California uh, Department of Fish and Wildlife to declare the western Joshua tree as an endangered species of interest. Uh, and I'm, we'll talk about how the town has handled that. Of interest, this is the first time ever in the history of the Threatened Species Act that the cause of the threat to the western Joshua tree is climate change. 
They're not saying it's human cause. They're not saying it's development cause. They're saying it's climate change. And yet that action has affected normal, regular property owners. And the town of Yucca Valley has a lot of Joshua trees in it. So how does the town approach that? And I also found it uh, good that the town determined that they would take that upon themselves rather than make people go to the state. Uh, other areas of the county have not done that. So now if someone wants to mitigate uh, a, a Joshua tree, they, they, uh, they go to the town for that. Other areas, they have to go through state. So how did the town approach that, Curtis, and, and how do you handle that designation of the Joshua tree? So we would always start by saying that the town has an appreciation for the Joshua Tree. Clearly, that's what people come out to look at in the National Park. We recognize that. We recognize the value of it. Um, throughout the last year, uh, this has been probably our number one priority, is understanding and addressing uh, what potential changes may come from this action. So. As you indicated, the Fish and Game Commission identified this last year as a candidacy period. That period is ending, and Department of Fish and Wildlife staff will be returning to the commission in April with their recommendation for either permanent listing or no listing. So those are really the only two alternatives. Over the past year, the town's been able to, through what's called a 2084 process, the state allowed the town to issue permits to deal with Joshua trees in very narrow circumstances, primarily for single family residential construction or improvements like somebody wants to put in a pool or a sidewalk or a driveway. Uh, they can do that and address their needs with the Joshua tree through a permit process that goes through complete public transparency through our planning commission uh, and then is approved. Uh, we also had the ability to allow people to connect to their sewers and, and as that's a state mandate. And so if they had to go by or remove a Joshua tree for that purpose, they can get a permit through the town. And lastly, for the town's public works projects, we were able to do that as well. That uh, permit expires on May 10th of this year. We have not heard from the uh, uh, Department of Fish and Wildlife staff whether that's going to be extended or not. Uh, and should the listing become permanent, whether it's in April or in a subsequent commission meeting in June, it will have a very significant impact on property owners in the town of Yucca Valley. And quite frankly, anywhere where there's a Joshua tree. And the real challenge to that is that as we are here today, there are no identified standards of how do you develop or how do you build or how do you put in a fence or a pool for the homeowner here in Yucca Valley um, if the Joshua tree is an endangered species. That process can take years to develop. The state has a bad habit of putting the cart before the horse. I know they did that with uh, sewers. They require package plants for commercial development in the town of Yucca Valley, but they don't give them any standards to build those package plants. Yeah, and sometimes it's even... Uh, uh, more frustrating in that you have competing state mandates. So, for example, in the town of Yucca Valley, uh, we're under a wastewater discharge prohibition from, from septic waste going into the groundwater. So basically that meant that everybody had to connect to a regionalized wastewater uh, treatment. That's, that's a state order. But yet here now you have an endangered species that if it's in the way, now the homeowner has to pay an additional 
two, three, four, six thousand dollars in order to get the permits to transplant or move that Joshua tree to connect because they're told to by the state. Another example is uh, the town of Yucca Valley has uh, requirements and obligations and targets that the state mandates for housing production. Everyone is talking about the high price of housing and one of the solutions is, well, you, you should be developing a target amount of homes in your community to meet the needs that people have so you can make it affordable for folks. Very difficult to do now when you begin to look at five, ten thousand dollars $10,000 for every tree that somebody right. has to move, right? Yeah. So and, and those are all competing state mandates. So that gets really frustrating. So really what we are uh, charged with doing now is staying in tune with what the commission is going to do and challenging the department staff and the commission to say, hey, if, if it's going to be listed as an endangered species, you have to have standards that are reasonable for a small community. Uh, it really, 39 square miles of Yucca Valley in the hundreds of thousands of acres that are out there for Joshua Tree Habitat is probably not the, the, the best ideal way to uh, ensure that the Joshua Tree and, is... And yet the state just makes these big blanket decisions that l literally will affect millions of acres, and then, uh, and, then and you're kind of caught holding the bag. So we're always <laughs> going to advocate for those that are residents here that have invested uh, their hard-earned dollars for their property, and if they want to build a pool uh, uh, or they want to build an additional casita for uh, you know, a family member, we're going to try and advocate for them. So... In short, we would just uh, encourage people to stay in tune. They can stay in tune by visiting our website under our spotlight. We're going to have a section there as this decision comes up in April and in June to make sure that uh, folks know where that information is at and that they participate in the upcoming commission meetings. All right. We're going to take a quick little break. We'll be right back with more of the Z1077 uh, Up Close Show. And we are back with the Z1077 Up Close Show. We have a, a caller to go on the air with us. And uh, Timothy, you're on the radio. Good morning. Hello, I am Timothy from Landers, and I was one of the people on the Blue Ribbon Committee that established Yucca Valley as a town. Uh-huh. And one of the things that we were always looking for was something good that people wouldn't be aware of. And one is, right now, there's a spectacular bloom of the Joshua Trees. And it's only going to last for about two, three weeks, maybe. But when you drive from Yucca Valley into the Landers area, you can see lots of these white blooms right now. Right. And I was on the garden. I was on garden show last week, and we don't know why they're blooming so well this year. All right, Tim. Well, we'll, we'll be on the lookout for that, and I'm sure we'll see lots of photos of those. So, thanks for calling in. Okay. Yeah, it'd be great for tourism. Okay. All right, bye-bye. Right, yeah, there there is a nice bloom now on the Joshua trees, and thanks to Tim for reminding us about that. Speaking of a nice bloom, there's a nice bloom going on in Yucca Valley, Mr. Mayor, because you've got lots of projects online. There's not just the aquatic center. There's a whole bunch of stuff coming to the town of Yucca Valley. We do, and, and you asked me uh, what got my juices flowing about uh, being on the council, and, and the projects are a, a big driver of that. We've uh, converted the... Old Pacific or PFF building, the bank building, to a county library, which looks great at the intersection over there. That was a fun project to, to see completed. And now the vacated space uh, 
in the old library where that was next to town hall is going to be converted to uh, our planning and building and safety and our other offices that are remotely located bringing those in to uh, be a one-stop shop oh, so that'll bring that. everything into one place sort of having to go to different areas of the town to visit various town offices right yeah. so that one makes sense a lot of sense we're re- going to be refurbishing our and modern modernizing our uh, senior center uh, that's the kitchen is outdated and uh soundproofing and restroom access ada access in there is a a big priority and also old town i'm I'm really excited about old town uh what's happening there and that's not necessarily anything the town has done uh but the organic growth the grassroots uh development in the old town area which is the west end of of yucca valley is uh uh, pretty exciting to me I, i just like seeing what's happening there because it's coming from the people the business owners there and we are looking at putting in a, we call it kind of a gathering place, but it would be a parking lot that's more than a parking lot, maybe a room for a, um, a farmer's market, room for com- uh, spontaneous art shows and so forth, right there in the Old Town area. We have some property there, and we've got that design, or we're designing that right now. And the Old Town area is, is kind of the tourist hub. People are going there uh, to, to visit those stores, and, and of course, we get the Frontier Cafe and, and all that at Pioneer Town Road. Yeah, and, yeah. and there's a real need for parking. I mean, that would be number one, you know, that we have the parking, because there's uh, we've got to get people instead of double parking and instead of parking up the streets give them a place to park and get that pedestrian uh, traffic uh, wandering around there they're, they're doing that anyway you know on weekends but we can organize that and we can assist i think the businesses down there by putting in this facility so that's another one we have a trail project going on at north park uh, trailhead uh, that's blm land we have 80 acres up there and north park's the new it's it's hey look there's a cool new park in yucca valley you know it's yeah. it's yeah it it seems new uh, but basically, we inherited that. It's BLM land that we uh, inherited. It's a patent to the previous park district. Really cool. Yeah, cool. so exactly where is it? What's on it? And how do I find it? If you drive up the highway going going west, going out of town, and you turn right at Fairway, that'd be your last right turn. And you go all the way to the end. And then that's the problem because access to North Park has not been identified. It will be a little jog to the left at the end of fairway and by foot you can do that now you can get up there and there are trails up there there's benches there's a lot of hiking trails like i say 80 acres up there in the hills it's a great great viewpoint it's a really nice area one of the biggest i think success stories over the last few years for the town of yucca valley has been the measures x and y the uh, half cent sales tax that the town put in Uh, half of that is being used to mitigate the uh, um, uh, the sewer, the cost of sewer. So the good thing about that is Yucca Valley has so much of their sales tax generated by people who are either visiting or coming from out of the area that you, your residents are getting a huge bargain with their help with their sewer. Yeah, they are. Through uh, assessment reduction, that uh, ranges somewhere between 30 and 45% of a reduction for each homeowner each individual year. So Super excited to see that. Uh, and then the general sales tax, again, is trying to ensure that local residents uh, have a benefit from having as much visitation as we do. We don't want to have to 
place on our residents the burdens from addressing some of these issues dealing with tourism. So uh, this is a great way for the community to benefit out of that, and we're super thankful for their support for that. Okay, we're going to take another caller. Phil, you're on the radio. Good morning. Can you hear me, Phil? Okay, we'll go to this line. Hi, Phil. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Good All morning. right, you're on the radio. Good morning, Mayor Schooler. Go right ahead. Good morning. Go right ahead, I was, uh, Phil. wondering about... Uh, uh, good morning. I say, I uh, wonder if we have any plans to uh, uh, help maintain or improve the airport here in Yucca Valley. It's certainly a source of, uh, of attraction. The airport is a... a district unto itself. Uh, the town of Yucca Valley is very supportive of it. In fact, we recently had a visit from Congressman Jay Obernolte where we talked about that subject. And uh, so at the federal level, there is some assistance that, that he is looking into to see what he can do to help uh, the airport situation. But he's well aware of it. And, and we, we will play a supporting role uh, as much as we can uh, on that. You know, Phil, the airport district is actually a, a established uh, special district where the property owners voted years ago to tax themselves to support the airport. So it's not really a town function. It's, it's a special district function. But we are definitely I recall in, that the in uh, helping the airport district in yeah. whatever way we can, uh, pursuant to our council direction, to try and Insure because they're not they don't have paid staff or anything like that. It's all volunteers, so we understand that. So we're trying to facilitate conversations with the congressmen, uh, federal agencies, trying to be able to assist wherever we can because we do understand the value that the airport brings to the town. Does that help you? Yeah. I Certainly. Think. How good I was remembering times that we had uh, a carnival that was actually by the city, by the village. Okay, uh, and last year I think they had a Yucca Valley Airport Day where they had displays of antique vehicles and stuff like that. So they've got some activities going there. Thanks, Phil. Very well. Thank you for your right, time. Bye bye. Um, we're we're running out of time, and uh, I want to get get to what's the future hold for the town of Yucca Valley, uh, Mr. Mayor? What do you see coming down the pike that's uh, uh, that's going to make Yucca Valley even better? <laughs> <laughs> Well, we've we've got like I say the projects in the works, uh, the ones that that I mentioned, and then some, you know, and and the challenges of of traffic circulation and and managing the growth that we have. So I think uh, the projects like my my rule what, is what retail development do we have coming? I know there's an Aldi's coming in. I think there you is do, an Aldi's. Yeah, we under do have an Aldi's, uh, and then a lot of independent businesses right now that can move faster than the nationals. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. The last thing I would say that's exciting is just observing the new population coming into the town. It's new people, new generations are going to have their own ideas, and they're going to be able to define how Yucca Valley moves forward. Okay, uh, we're going to take a quick little break. We'll be right back with the final portion of our show. And we've right out, run right out of town, and as everybody heard us mention because our mic was open, Jim, are you going to run for re-election? <laughs> Yes, okay. I think I am. Right. <laughs> I've already filed the initial paperwork. All right, great. Well, Jim Schooler, Mayor of Yucca Valley, and running for re-election, and uh, Town Manager Curtis Yakima, thank you so much for being on the Up Close Show. We'll do this again in a few more months. We have a lot of stuff we didn't even get to. Right. Thanks right. for having us, Gary. All right, that's Always it for the Up Close Show here on Z1077, and we'll be uh, back next week.